The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. We do have some persistent weakness in the pre-market after the worst day for the Nasdaq since February. Bond yields still elevated even after some reassuring productivity and labor cost data. Our roadmap's going to begin with Warren Buffett, though, weighing in on that Fitch downgrade, telling CNBC he's not worried about it. We've got all the details. Apple and Amazon, of course, the two mega cap tech giants set to report after the bell tonight. And speaking of earnings, we're going to talk to Shopify's president this hour on the company's latest quarter after topping some estimates. But let's begin with tech as we look ahead to Apple and Amazon tonight. The Nasdaq, as we said, worst daily performance since February, Jim. Um, are we going to use Qualcomm as a read for tonight? No, Qualcomm's just pathetic. I mean, I was just disgusted with that quarter. I'm so tired of their hype. I'm sorry. I keep a negative attitude about them. I'm positive with some other things. No, I mean, like, to start, I mean, once again, they do the same. Christian Armandos does the same thing. It's great, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great. And then you get to actually, but you know what, it's bad and it's weak. It's great, it's great, it's great. Well, it's bad, it's weak. And this is both auto and, and uh, handset uh, inventory buildup. And uh, no, I'm making the Samsung story. There's some allusions to Apple. But uh, no, it, it, it is not a tell. Now, you could say, well, look, maybe Apple is coming in too hot. I think the 14 is doing well. And I, I think there's a ser- there's three pieces today that say the service revenue is going to be very good. So I like that. But Qualcomm is a tell for Qualcomm. And I'm getting annoyed at Qualcomm because you can't constantly say things are good and then drop bombs. That doesn't work, okay? And I'm not saying it was how was to play Mrs. Lincoln. It's not that. that that's the next time if he right. goes for that. Right. But I just think that it's time to have a, a real sense that this is a company that is one step forward, two steps back, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it being an important company for us because you cannot do what they're doing, which is having no accountability other than right here, right now, saying enough. Stop saying things are great when they're not. Uh, a lot of calls today. DB uh, does cut to hold. They go to 120, uh, shave about 10 bucks off. Yeah. Amon's commentary, though, last night was more about, oh, we want to go in this with a conservative attitude, uh, no big promises. Well, but, but the, my, my problem is, is that when you have, a, you have an, in, look, look at what Lisa did, Sue did yesterday, and the stock was up seven, and then like, finished down horribly. But, you know, Lisa said, listen, we're getting near the end of the inventory problem. There's been an inventory problem. Inventory problem. Uh, with Qualcomm, when it was at 130, people were saying it's okay. Uh, auto. He so, talks about how there's every auto company is looking at, uh, at their product. And then auto slow. And look, I, I, I mean to be critical. I am saying that the buck stops here. We cannot, and I'm glad there was a downgrade. You, you got it. When things aren't good, you have to say, listen, we're not there yet. You don't say it's good and then have your CFO drop a bomb. This is not Amy Hood, by the way, with Sajna Nadella. I mean, Nadella tells a good story, and then Hood will tell a good story, but Hood will say, listen, we've got to be sure. sure. Amy, Amy's great. I've known Amy for 30 years. Uh, they, they have total credibility. But 
I, Qualcomm's a tell for Qualcomm, and it's really a cautionary lesson for all CEOs out there. Because when you have, when you tell people that you're going to make it up with auto because auto's so good, you better really come in like a rock star. Uh, so I just think I'm, I don't want to spend any more time on Qualcomm other than that. I was very disappointed. Right. So, then very. What, so then what is on the line uh, tonight for Apple and for Amazon, given some of the econ well, names? We had we've someone got come on Amazon, right, in the previous show and talking about how Amazon Web Services could be uh, 10% growth. If that's the case, the stock's going to go up 10 points. I think Amazon's going to slow to maybe mid-single-digit growth for Amazon Web Services. And so I'm... Uh, it would be it would be great if they can say because of AI, we could have a strong fourth quarter. But Amazon again, polar opposite of Qualcomm. Uh, Brian Oslovsky is, is the CFO, and I want people at home to understand that these are big personalities. Okay, these are not just voices that are talking. Brian is gospel. If Brian says that AWS is slowing mid to mid single digits after you know it was in the 30s in this, the web services, right. then He's saying, look, I don't know if it can come back. And it'll be a very important call because they are the lead. They, by the way, they do no, no hype whatsoever. And it's just a terrific call. Luca Maestri and, and Tim Cook, no hype whatsoever. Of course. They're just delights. And you're never going to get a Qualcomm, ever. You're never going to get someone saying it's really great and then someone saying it's not. But it does sound like you're going into tonight with your eyes wide open. Well, right? look, I, I, yeah, look, I hate to say, and I, you know, I think the world of Tim Cook, but the, the, the 30-year treasury is crushing them because all anybody can realize is, holy cow, we thought there was going to be a recession. So let's keep buying the, t- the 20-year. Let's keep buying the 30-year. All those people were wrong. There's a mad route out of bonds and it's impacting stocks. And this is a bad day to report. Bad day to report, and I feel bad because what's going to happen is it's going to be overshadowed. In the same way that Lisa Sue reports a great quarter, and the number was really terrific, and everything was all systems go, and the AI was great, and the stock was seven, up seven the night before, then it was up six, and then it finished like down. So it had a 14 point swing because of the bonds. Right. And so this is an ugly environment for stocks because interest rates are going up so far, so fast right now that it, it's, it's taking my breath away. Right. Um, Ed Yardeni uh, last night talked about. The likelihood that tenure goes to four and a quarter. I love Ed. Uh, I read that piece. But that um, it might, the the victims might be the Magnificent Seven, the Mega Cap Eight, whereas the rest of the market actually hangs in there and he keeps his target for next year. Well, we had a couple. We had three three companies report that did marvelously. Uh, Emerson, which was the first good quarter, the last two was really pathetic. Sorry. God, I'm mean today. <laughs> no, check out Ingersoll Rand today, right? I yeah, mean, check yes. out uh, some of these well, figures on manufacturing I, I, construction. When you look at Eaton, I mean, I, I you know, wanted to put Eaton in the bullpen for the Chapel Trust because, I, I mean, I, I can't believe that they could make this much money at this point in the cycle. But Jim Umpleby came on, and Jim Umpleby, me, talked about team, team, team. But Jim Umpleby's numbers for Caterpillar, that stock was at 206 just a couple of months ago. These are the companies that are uniquely set up for 2024. Because as, uh, as Eaton said, no, we haven't even seen any of the infrastructure money yet. Wow. The Magnificent Seven, on the other hand, I, I had Larry Williams, one of the greatest charts of all time. He's a historian. And he was saying, Jim, you're going to be on the wrong side of NVIDIA. Now, Jensen Wong, the CEO of, of NVIDIA, has a talk on October 8th where he's going to talk about the vision. Now, these talks are talks where it's like, you know, you know when you blundered in? I once blundered into a philosophy class at Harvard. 
And I had no idea it was mathematical. And it's like, it was this guy named V.O. Quine. And I'm in the middle of class. I say, I, I got to leave. He goes, what, what are you doing back there? <laughs> is this and pass I said, fail? And I said, getting my head blown off by your class. No, no, it was, I said, I, I'm going to ruin my transcript right now because of this class. I'm going to ruin my, when I listen to Jensen Wong, I'm ruining my transcript. I know it because I'm so blown away by the man. Uh, but he's the only guy right now that's blowing me away. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, the big tech names coming later tonight in a moment. Uh, Jim does mention, though, uh, bond yields. And we do have some new commentary from Buffett this morning, shrugging off some of the concerns about Fitch's uh, credit rating downgrade, noting it's not changing what he's doing at the moment, saying, quote, Berkshire bought $10 billion in U.S. Treasuries last Monday. We bought $10 billion in Treasuries this Monday. And the only question for next Monday is whether we will buy $10 billion in three-month or six-month T-bills, Jim, which is well, that's where not, you should be. Not exactly the debate that Ackman wants to have. No, seems. I mean, that's not Danger Will Robinson. I mean, that's like, yeah. I mean, got a lot of cash. Put it short. Uh, I think that the speed with which, if you were trying to buy the 20-year, you would get the report and you'd be down immediately. Um, and, and so that, that's fine. Look, I like the fact that he says, "Don't worry, it's always calm." Echoed by Diamond yesterday. So yeah, it doesn't I mean, that by much. the way, Leslie Picker. Great interview. Unbelievable interview. Yeah. Let's acknowledge when people do amazing things. Had Jamie say things, Jamie Diamond say things that, that I thought were very instructive. He obviously does not care about the regulatory environment right now, even though he's winning in it. But look, I, if, if when I look at, at, the, at the Magnificent Seven, they are linked hand in hand with the 20 year. And I, I wish they weren't, because that means that they're not going to have a good time. Right. Uh, if you missed uh, Leslie with Diamond yesterday, take a listen to what he said about Fitch. It doesn't really matter that much. Uh, you know, the markets decide. It's not the rain agencies make these big decisions. Number two, they point out some issues which we all knew about, about our debt ceiling crisis and things like that. But uh, number three, most important, the American public, this is the most prosperous nation on the planet. It's still the most prosperous nation on the planet. It's the most secure nation on the planet. And I would point out to the rating agency, if I could, that there are a bunch of countries rated higher than us, like AAA, but they live under the American uh, enterprise military system. For, to have them be AAA and not America is kind of ridiculous. It's, it, Jamie says his bigger concern kind of lies with some of the geopolitical stuff going on, nuclear threats, Ukraine, so forth. Well, look, I... Apropos of his of his excellent note each year and the things he says on air, I think that we all kind of feel like, why shouldn't he be president? He's got this great worldview, uh, but he doesn't want to be president. He told me when we op- he opened a branch in Philadelphia. I, I think he is not afraid to speak very commonsensical. I think that Fitch would not have downgraded our debt if he were in the room. Uh, I just think, look, I always, you know, Warren Buffett, that's great that he says relax. I was riveted to that, the Picker interview because I said, okay, things are fine, uh, the, but we've had a huge rally. Now, we know that we've only been down for three years if to have up this much in, in the first seven months, and that was the crash in 87, the, the crash in 29, and 43, where at the beginning of 43, it was still in doubt. Uh, so we're on track, but this is going to be the toughest part of this month. Right now, because we're we're at the tail end of earnings, the companies that are really doing well are industrials. There are not that many industrials left. And and basically, so no catalyst until Jackson Hole. No catalyst. Yikes. No catalyst. And I just I'm looking at interest rate. Interest rates is like going up every second. Yeah. And I got it four. I got it at four o'clock. I worked out. And interest rates are going. It was like you could have, you could afford a house at four o'clock at four thirty. Couldn't <laughs> buy a house. I mean, hey. uh, enough. I mean, let's just slow it down. <laughs> by the way, did I tell you I was disappointed by Qualcomm? 
Yes, I think we led with that. Did I get actually. to that? I didn't. Did I get to Guam? <laughs> I think it was very clear. Uh, Good. Enough. Come for you Enough. Online I, look, I want. I want them to change their attitude. That's all. I mean, you know, that's all. I'm not asking for anything more than a wholesale change of attitude. <laughs> I'm sure they'll take that into consideration. Still to come, we will talk to Shopify's president on the company's latest earnings beats. Shares down about 3% there. As Jim said, uh, some weakness in the pre-market. Barkin comments on the tape. Uh, Eurozone PPI. Bank of England did hike 25 basis points. A lot of news on this Thursday. Don't go away. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Canadian gem Shopify beating on the top and bottom lines the second quarter. Fueled by new signups, price increases, but a heck of a lot more, Carl. So joining us now, first on CBC, Top Vice President Harley Finkelstein. You know, Harley, I always love it when you're on the show. It's good to see you. Hey, Jim. Great to see you as well. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, I'm good because I know you long enough. I'm going to hit you with left field. I'm not going to come yeah. at you straight away. I'm on this Roku call, right? And Roku's like, like 30%. I'm thinking, what are they doing that is so right? And sure enough, I get to... Uh, to the president of Roku Media. And what is he talking about? He's talking about you. He's talking about what you're doing to make it so that my TV is shoppable. I want people to talk. I want you to talk about this because this is one of the most amazing things going on right now in media. Look, the thing that we pride ourselves on is creating this future-proofed retail operating system. And what that means is that every single one of the merchants and brands and companies, whether they're small brands or they're large brands, you know, Fortune 500-type brands, when they come to Shopify, they can sell across every single surface area where consumers spend their time. So obviously, the online store is the main one. We have a very large point-of-sale physical retail business. We also want to make it easy for our merchants to sell across Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and and, and Facebook and also uh, streaming television. And if we want to qualify to be the leading retail operating system for every modern brand, we have to make it easy for those merchants to sell uh, anywhere where consumers might be. But to, just to be clear, I mean, what you're also seeing, Jim, is that we are laser focused on performance right now. We, we, we're building the best product, the best business, and the best team. And that is now possible because of what you and I talked about the last time I was on your show, which is we've architected a new shape of Shopify. Way more focus on our main quest, better talent density, and we're executing with greater speed. And that's the reason why you're seeing... Uh, for the quarter, revenue was up 31% year on year to $1.7 billion. GMV was up 17% to $55 billion. And we are also earning more parts of our merchants' businesses, delivering uh, our product attach rate over 3%. And we delivered our third consecutive quarter of positive free cash flow. And we expect that positive free cash flow for the third quarter of this year will be greater than the entire first half of 2023. Which is extraordinary. Something else you do this extraordinary that I think people may not realize is you actually have empirical evidence about how well you do with Shopify checkout, which is yeah. as easy as can be. And if I were a consumer product company, which I know love you, we should point that out, yeah. 
I would be fascinated by how much better you do with your checkout. You've got numbers. Tell us, because they're incredible. Yeah, so we, I've, been, I've been saying this for a long time, but now we actually have evidence from a third party, a major management consulting firm that put out that Shopify's checkout is unequivocally the best converting checkout on the internet. In fact, it converts 36% better than the competition. And if you look at every checkout on the internet, it converts 15% more on average. So we are building and optimizing our check. We've been doing it now for, for two decades. And that's the reason why folks like Supreme and Taylor Swift can run these massive flash sales on the platform. But the second thing is Shop Pay. And Shop Pay just surpassed $100 billion in cumulative GMV since the launch in 2017. It is not only the most popular accelerated checkout on Shopify, but it is absolutely the best converting one as well. And we think that this really substantiates that building a modern retail business without Shopify is now a competitive liability. Hey, Harley, there is a, um, there's a thread of thought right now that uh, at least in services and particularly travel, uh, the consumer might be a bit sated here. They, they've had enough. And the, the argument goes that maybe they shift back to good spending. I'm wondering if that's a dynamic you're looking for in uh, the, the last couple of quarters of this year and into the next. I mean, we're seeing everything from, you know, uh, bike sales and boat sales up 70 to 80 percent. Swimsuits are up over 50 percent on Shopify. Jungle gyms are up over 100 percent. We're also seeing the Barbie effect. Of course, you know, we are the e-commerce partner for Mattel across. But, you know, uh, but but not just for Mattel across the board. We're seeing doll sales up 56 percent, play vehicles up 70 percent. So first and foremost, we we still see that the U.S. consumer is very healthy, very strong. But more importantly, Carl, we are seeing them vote with their wallets to buy from their favorite brands, brands that they have a deep connection to. Direct to consumer uh, is, is what they're looking to do. And all of their favorite brands are on Shopify. The really cool part is now when you add new technology, we talked a bit on the call about Shopify Magic and Sidekick, where we are uniquely positioned to harness the power of AI to unlock these incredible unprecedented capabilities. We think we can help more companies get started and grow faster than ever before. Well, that's why you got to talk about audiences, because audiences from small merchants that I've been dealing with are saying, this is what I dream when if I had gone to Amazon, but Amazon is not a partner. Shopify is my partner because of audiences. This is working for people, isn't it? It is. So, I mean, remember, you know, most people don't refer to Shopify in this way, but if you were to pretend that Shopify was a single retailer, if you were to aggregate all of our merchants, let's just say in the U.S., for example, we would be the second largest online retailer in America. What that means is that we have incredible economies of scale. So when we go to negotiate rates on things like payments, for example, we're negotiating as if we're the second largest online retailer, and then we're able to provide those economies of scale to small businesses, medium-sized businesses, and even larger companies like the Glossiers and Mattels and the Spanx of the world who use Shopify. But audiences is really interesting because what it allows us to do is help merchants on Shopify buy ads more effectively. We had Shopify editions come out last week where we announced 100 new products and features that we've been building. And one of those announcements was we call Audiences 2.0, which is our new algorithm, which helps merchants yeah. get return on ad spend up to almost 50% with uh, above what they would be able to do on their own. So once again, we're trying to make the, the press of starting businesses easier. But once you get started, every aspect of your business, we want to take care of it and make it better for you. And uh, and, and we are we are cooking with gas right now. We're, we're firing off cylinders. All right. So people listen to, to, they're listening to Harley at home and they obviously are fired up and you were fired up from your call and then we get to a guy who can't resist and he says well what do you have conversations with amazon does it ever just get you down <laughs> that there's someone who has to ask that question harley no, I, I, don't, I don't mind that question. I mean, like, like I said, uh, we, we are talking to Amazon uh, and, and, and frankly, conversations remain productive, but there's no news yet to share on that. Well, I don't think there should be. Anyway, thank you. That's something I like. I, we all love Amazon, but 
Harley is Mr. Small Business Person, and there's nothing better than that, even though it's got some great consumer product companies, the big ones. Harley, so great to have you on. Let's go on the street. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Thank you. All right, see you. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash in a minute. Countdown to the opening bell. We'll get to some other consumer names this morning as well. Dash, Wayfair, Etsy, Goose, Clorox, PayPal. Uh, futures are negative. Squawk on the streets back after a break. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds. Thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. The revenue is growing in the you know 30% plus, very healthy range consistently. Uh, and the bottom line, though, is growing almost three times year on year. So there certainly is a disproportional growth in the bottom line versus the top line. But I wouldn't call it a pivot. I mean, really, to us, this is, you know, natural growth. We are still on offense. We are still in investment mode. We want to build the biggest size business for the long run. Tony Shu of Dash last night with Jim. Yeah, look, I think that there was a, an undercurrent where people felt, but once things start cutting open again, maybe DoorDash, which does add to the expense of a meal, uh, would lose a lot of business. It, it, it's not happening. It turns out that, that DoorDash is, has become almost synonymous. I know uh, Uber, that's a great interview, by the way, that, that Andrew had with Dar, but I, I like what Uber's doing, but DoorDash is the winner. Uh, it's good to see winners come out from this particular period. Etsy's a winner. I know the stock is down. Mm-hmm. Shopify's a winner. I know it's down. But DoorDash is synonymous with how we get our food. And Tony, very humble origins. Uh, interesting that I tried to get I, I was coming at him from saying, listen, you guys were willing to lose money to win. And he, he did not like that narrative. He was saying, listen, <laughs> yes. we're not doing it. I was like stealing the narrative from his, from his, uh, yes. from some analysts who are following it. But I, I think that this is a place to go after the bond shakeout because interest rates going up as quickly as they are is going to move this stock down. This stock was up six after the interview, uh, deservedly because uh, the numbers are that good. The gross margins are that good. The path is that good. Uh, this is just an engine. And people discovered they liked having food delivered during the pandemic, and they're still doing it. It's kind of hard to go in reverse. Yes, it is. Yeah. People just... They got addicted, and we talked about that. They're addicted to DoorDash, and that's a good thing if you're a business person to have people addicted to your product. Eight straight quarters of 25% plus growth. Um, The difference between Dash and Etsy is Tony guided up, and Etsy did not. And Etsy, and we'll talk to Josh. Josh Silverman, I I think that that he's become very conservative. Uh, I do think that I did not think that Etsy was bad. We'll discuss him tonight. But I, I also wanted to mention that $4 billion in earnings for the Dashers. Uh, and Dashers are not full-time. They pick up incremental money. Good reminder that small business people doing well uh, with Etsy, doing well with Shopify. And we were speaking, the small business person is alive and well in this country. And it's really terrific. I really like to see that. And DoorDash is part of it. There's a lot to get to this morning. Let's get the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board. It's NYC Kid Drive, Safe for College program. And at the NASDAQ, uh, Rock the Bell celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. The organization's founders, LL Cool J and Jeff Yang, 
uh, doing the honors wow. over there. Nice. I remember when my daughter met LL Cool J. He was in a swimming pool, and she went up to him and said, Hi, Mr. Cool J. <laughs> and these, by the way, one of these people who's just, why don't you sit down and talk to me? I mean, I, a remarkable figure. I don't know if people know that sometimes you meet these people and your kids meet them and they're kind and it's just like, wow. It's good. You we, never forget that yeah. someone's kind to your kid. It's when you meet your heroes and, and, and they're oh, good to you, it's, it's, it's so a good great. It's uh, so great. A lot of media today. You want to dive into Warner? Okay, so I think that, that, uh, that Zaslav, people have to understand that everything about this company right now is about viability uh, and about whether he has the cash flow to do what he says he can do. Well, what better way to do it to demonstrate is to do a tender offer for your bonds. So you may want to sell the stock, be my guest. What matters to me is, is that the reason why the stock's at 12 to begin with is people feel that he can't pay off the debt instead of being at 15, 18. So I'm not looking at necessarily any one particular line of, of what's going on. I'm looking at the cash flow, and the cash flow is everything he said it was at the beginning. Uh, and I applaud him, and I think that if you want to sell the stock, you're selling the stock because you don't understand what his game plan is, which is to make it so that one day you'll wake up and say, I've got this engine. Now, the engine I think is going to be max. I am very worried with when you listen to Tim Cook tonight, if they say, you know what, we really love sports, it turns out that Vision Pro would be amazing with the NBA. Well, that's the problem. I mean, you are up against companies that pay with unlimited capital. And I'm watching Messi yesterday, and it's MLS, and uh, MLS is Apple, and if Apple decides they want to go after anybody, they can do it. But this was a quarter where they saved a lot of money, and they're, putting, they're lowering their debt. And you've got to go back to what he said could happen when this spin off. He said they could pay down debt, and they're paying debt down debt faster than we thought. Yep. He did not say, and wait till you watch our program on X. That was not his rap. His rap was watch us do this, and he's doing better than we thought. So I, anybody who sets out to do something and they do it better than we thought is okay with it. Yep. As you can see, they did up their uh, post-merger cost savings target. Uh, synergies happening sooner than expected. Content sales, Jim, up 180% as right. they start to sell some of these goods across the fence yeah. and uh, streaming losses down to three million. Here's a taste of Zaslav on the call. With respect to linear, the fact is we have a uniquely different hand, one that we believe makes us more resilient. On any given night, we reach an average of one third of all cable viewers. And it's a great platform for driving our brands and products. We've worked really hard on driving efficiency and productivity enhancing our margins, recognizing that we need to do that because the overall business is facing secular decline. That said, it's still generating real meaningful free cash flow that we are able to use to fund growth. Finally, Jim, uh, some comments on, uh, on the strike. Uh, we're in uncharted waters in terms right. of the world as it is today and measuring it all. And so in good faith, we've all got to fight to get this resolved. Right. I, I think that he is... Um not in a, an antagonistic view. Uh, can, I want you to compare the labor negotiations here to the ones in auto, where I think there's going to be a strike, and I think it's going to be horrible. You're making that call September today? 14. I think they're going to strike. Uh, this the man, uh, Chauvin, the guy who runs the UAW. I find him frightening. And, and Teamsters UPS didn't give you any solace. Teamsters turned out to be uh, get a good deal. 
Uh, Teamsters historically very powerful union, rich union. Uh, but the the UAW leader won. There was a contested, very contested vote between the company, the union that wants to work for with the autos together to try to preserve some jobs and give the elder uh, people a good good pay, and then this man, Sean, who is just talking about capitalism and the nature of capitalism and how it's really hurt workers. This is very Walter Ruther uh, language. It's a, uh, it, it's the kind of language that when we when we had in this country, uh, we'll take you down if you don't play ball. That's the language I'm hearing from UAW. Yep. And look, I mean, it's the kind of language where you just say, you know what, we should have built all our EVs in Mexico. It's that bad. I don't think people are paying enough attention. The man is... I'm not saying he's irrational. I'm saying he was elected sure. in order to make it so that there's a very short week to find benefit back. And, and then the notion that that we're fat cats, the the shareholders are fat cats and have been overly rewarded. We haven't seen this. That's he's class warfare. And it's very shocking to hear class. Although warfare. I remember a Jim Cramer a while ago who lamented the shift b- b- from capital to labor. I'm sorry, from, from labor, labor to, to capital, capital over the last 30 years. Well, I, I always felt that the middle class benefited from unions. I've been a union member, twice union member, and I always felt that you could work together and everybody would do well. I, I never felt that I, we had to destroy the people that we were fighting. I, I helped. I was part of a J.P. Stevens. There's at one point a great textile company. Uh, walk, st- stoppage, try to block them. And they, they went under. And I've always regretted that, that I was part of that. Because J.P. Stevens, that's, we didn't want them to go under. We right. wanted them to, you know, we, it was like bond. Do you want me to, we, we just wanted them to talk. We didn't die. want them to die. And so I'm always very uh, reluctant to see a union use such language that makes it feel like that it's, that it's zero sum. I, but I am pro-union because the unions, in, in the way that Ronald Reagan was pro-union, it's like, you, know, you want people to do well and you don't want people to have no health care. I mean, the, on, unions can be good. But this is toxic. It's a very toxic situation. Uh, among the uh, movers today, PayPal is pretty much in line on, on EPS and revenue. They do reiterate the guide. Final yeah. stages, Jim, of their CEO search. I don't know. I mean, you know, they mentioned that they have uh, some losses. We don't want to hear that. We want to hear what Tim Cook has to say tonight. The buy now, pay later uh, Apple, I think, is really killing everybody. And PayPal, the, the ratchet down in growth years is so severe that you're beginning to think it's a commodity. And now I, I hesitate to say that because I think a lot of us got involved online spend with PayPal. But it feels very commoditized. And uh, no, I'm not there. I can't find a bottom. Uh, Clorox, is, is the move today about... Uh the beat, organic up 14, or is it more about just the tone of the tape right now? I, I think that it's it's Procter-like uh, in that their costs are, are good. The brands turn out to be better than expected. There's a little uh, twist where there's a division that was vitamins, which has been a bad division, and they kind of moved it over to another area, which I got to find out tonight when I speak to Linda, Linda Rendell. Are they getting out of that division? It, this is one of those that they shouldn't have bought. Because they have unbelievable brands, and I'm very glad that they that they pulled this one out. I, people were starting to think, are they, you, you know, is Clorox because Clorox lost it? It's clearly not. Yeah. And uh, they were one of these hangover 
You know, you got these companies that did so great during COVID and then no one wanted to touch them. This is the beginning of the next leg of Clorox, and they generate a lot of cash. It'll be a very good interview. I'm looking forward to the oh, that's interview. That's a good one. That's it's a good very one. good interview. A um, couple things in travel. Jeffrey's cut Southwest to hold, and Host um, is a miss. They trim the guide. They're getting a lot of outbound international travel without the corresponding inbound. Yeah, that was interesting. And people are going to say, well, wait a second. American Express, did they say that? And they didn't. MasterCard, did they say that? And they didn't. Mixed picture travel. Obviously, Merit was great. Fantastic interview. Uh, I like Bob Jordan very much, the CEO of Southwest Air. And the big issue of always, has always been, was he given a bad hand? He's never going to say that. Um, but we all know, I think the problem with Southwest is that Everybody else is kind of caught up to Southwest. I don't think Southwest has uniquely gotten bad, but the other airlines you see them, but the exception JetBlue on that screen, like I think United is very good, American's good. I think Delta is like the, in the in the 80s when you used to buy Delta stock because it was a blue chip. <laughs> it was, it was blue actually chip. pleasant to travel. Yeah, I was like, wow, Delta. I remember I bought 30 shares for my dad in Delta in 1983 at Goldman, and uh, it was just one of those stocks that of of a company that's terrific and. Southwest is routinely missing their numbers, and maybe you got to, they have to rethink. They're missing their numbers, and they're going to have to have a very hard uh, offsite. They need an offsite. Yep. A uh, little retreat. Uh, we yeah. mentioned um, the weakness in booking holdings pre market, and of course, Airbnb tonight, Jim, will give us a little more Look, clarity on I this. I wish it hadn't run so much. Every time that Brian Chesky comes on, and he's been on multiple times, the stock gets hammered as people feel that he says, you know what, the high end's not doing well. And then you'll talk to him and you'll say, did you say that? And he'll say no. And th- there's always long knives for this company. Uh, and remember, the focus should be the app uh, and the focus should be it's still become like DoorDash. It's Airbnb. They won. But th- it's not coming in hot like this up at 140. It's, it's ripe to get hit. But I think that you once again gets hit, then buy. That's been the story. If you look at the, at the stock since December, it's hit by, hit by. Uh, as for Hood, uh, gap profitability for the first time. Morgan Stanley yeah. reiterates equal weight. The MAU missed, though, Jim. The MAU missed, yep. and, you know, they're still doing that thing. A lot of their you know, net interest income is where they had the good numbers. When I look at the breakdown of what people are doing, they're still playing options, playing crypto. I mean, they're not, they're not Warren Buffett. And I, when I saw the number first, everyone got very, very excited. But then when you look under the hood, it, it's still the same old guys. I mean, these are the guys who, I, when I look at Robin, I want to see it. I bet you they were buying a lot of Tupperware. <laughs> they should buy Tupperware. I mean, the stuff. I mean, they, you know, get out of that mode. Uh, maybe they were buying yellow. You know, like buying yellow. I mean, what are they going to tell you? They, everyone thinks it's always going to be Hertz, where you have a bankruptcy and you actually make money. But I didn't like the profile of what people are doing at Robinhood because Robinhood introduced this really interesting retirement package. You know, they'll match. And no, I mean, the res- the re- they still resonate with stuff that's very zero-sum and loses people a lot of yeah, money. I, well, I remember when Vlad tried to make the pivot with you. And I know. And sort of talk about long-term. No, and Vlad, no, Vlad Tenev, look, I think he's, his heart's in the right place. The customers are the, the customers that are... Uh, they have to re- they have to rethink what they're doing. They need to go buy buy and hold of really good companies, and it's not what they're doing. Uh, we, in Warner, uh, we we mentioned uh, the strength of Barbie. And speaking of toys, Hasbro. This is the high for the year here, uh, despite a miss revenue ahead. They did talk about inventory reduction, cost savings, selling a unit to Lionsgate. So, yeah, I thought that was good. And uh, re- this guy, uh, uh, Chris Cox, ever since he's come in, 
I mean, he's done a, a terrific job. I was very skeptical. Brian Golden was a, a guy who had been the late Brian Golden had been consistent in trying to do what uh, Inez cries. You know, Inan cries. By the way, just understand, Inan is he's Mattel. Now he did not get just got a few points from Warner on the movie. Uh, it was not. It was all in the end. Sorry, yeah, it's yeah. all in the back yeah. end. But uh, Goldner was doing the same thing, and it looks like that's being a little bit undone by Cox. But what Cox is doing is terrific, and Cries is doing an amazing job to tell. So we have two great CEOs in the in the toy business. That's unusual. Usually one's good and one's bad. This is a, a renaissance for toys right now, and, and it, it's good because both both guys are. Both people who run the companies, I, I just like the very, very good people. We mentioned, of course, Amazon tonight. And speaking of the cloud, Jim, CRM uh, below the 50-day, I'm trying to think. This is uh, going to be the first peak you know, below. Look, in a- okay, so you go and you look, and what, four out of the last five times before Dreamforce, which is coming in September, you had to buy the stock. Uh, Mark Benioff, has the, the CEO, he's been quiet. And a lot of people feel when he's been quiet, nothing's going on. Uh they felt that way about about Bill McDermott too, and ServiceNow did very well. I, I'm steadfast. Salesforce has probably been the, the longest holding, other than Apple, for my travel trust, and it's another one where uh, the ROI when you bring them in is rather amazing. So yes, I see the breakdown. I see the breakdown in Nvidia. There's a, Nvidia's got to you know fill the gap and all these things, yes, but yes. The, the, these stocks are rolling over. But I I think they're rolling over because they're either quiet, NVIDIA's in quiet, period, uh, or because, again, even since we started the show, it's become even, your mortgage just went, you know, getting a mortgage again. Zillow, by the way, good numbers. Yeah. Point that out. Zillow, yeah. good numbers. Um, but, a little energy here, Jim. Uh, Conoco and Oxy. Uh, Oxy boosting their production guide for the full year, although uh, the Saudis uh, say this voluntary cut may be extended for another month. Right. I mean, Oxy was down a couple beforehand. It's doing okay. The metric that we're looking for this quarter is more with less. Uh, were you able to drill? Were you able to have fewer rigs and get more oil? That's the metric for oil, and that's why Pioneer PXD has been the best performer. Because what you're looking for is holding your costs down and producing more oil. And uh, I got I got to study Conoco more, but I didn't see it. And Oxy, I didn't see it either. But that's the metric. So let's each quarter you have to look at. What are people, you know, why would you buy an oil stock? And right now you'd buy an oil stock because they're drilling, they're drilling with fewer rigs and making more money. That is what you should care about. Uh, Pioneer, of course, yesterday saying we might have 80 to $100 crude into the new they're, year. They're very bullish. I was disappointed by Devin because Devin's run by Rick Moncrief, and he, he is just fantastic. They've not been able to do the numbers that I've, that I've wanted. I don't know why. I have to drill down with Rick because he he's amazing. But yeah, Pioneer's been very bullish, though. The, the stocks that if you, you know, the stocks to buy have been the pipelines. No one really wants to buy the pipelines, but they've been very consistent yeah. and very good. Our data menu continues, so let's get some uh, services PMI with uh, Rick Santelli. Rick? Yes, uh, these are our final reads, Carl, which means we'll take the earlier month read, toss it, and replace it with this current read. 52.3 replaces 52.4, and 52.3 is still uh, the lightest level uh, going back, well, actually to February of this year. And if you look at the, that was services, if you look at the composite for S&P Global PMIs, it remained at 52, which, by the way, was also the weakest level since February. And the data stream does not stop here. We still have factory orders, durable goods, and ISM services uh, PMIs yet to come at top of the hour. Squawk on the street will return 
after a short break. He has no idea. Kramer. I have talked to the heads of almost every single one of these firms in the last 72 hours, and he has no idea what it's like out there. None. And Bill Poole has no idea what it's like out there. My people have been in this game for 25 years, and they are losing their jobs, and these firms are going to go out of business, and he's nuts. They're nuts. They know nothing. Kramer. I have not seen it like this since I went five bid for a half a million shares of Citigroup when I got hit in 1990. This is a different kind of market, and the Fed is asleep. 16 years ago. The thing to look at there was the corner where the date was. It was August 3rd, 2007. And what I was saying was these lockstep rate increases are killing us. And I had come out, and it's my friend Aaron Burnett, our friend Aaron Burnett, and we were going to talk about a stock, and I had just talked to someone who said, listen, my, my company's about to go under. Uh, a very prominent, uh, very, very, very prominent mortgage company. And had spoken to another person who was another bank who said, listen, my bank is finished. And when you tried to communicate to the Fed, they, they just thought everything was fine. And then the minutes came out and didn't reflect it, but then when the actual... Uh, uh, Transfers came out. They all laughed at me. Oh, yeah, Bill Poole was a, he's a very nice man, but they made me into someone who was obviously a crazy man. And look, I, that was a concerted effort by me and obviously uh, a, a, a heated moment to try to avoid what I thought could be a great recession. Has, you, has your reflection of that moment changed over the years? or No, you, I still, ju- no, you, I just, you do the same thing today if yeah, you heard what you were hearing. I, I wouldn't have personalized it with, with Poole because he, he was doing his best, but uh, what mattered was that they had they thought they had great information and they had no information. They thought that they were really, really smart. And, you know, sometimes and I like to always go back to school, you'll be in your class and you may not be the smartest person in the class, but maybe you've done more work or you're a little more clever. And uh, and Ben Bernanke, who's a good guy and his team had just not done the level of work and they were not rigorous. They just didn't demonstrate rigor. And I had a a harsh way of saying they didn't separate rigor, but I, I lead my life in a different way than they do. Uh, I know my wife, Lisa, feels very badly about the way I lead my life, which is that <laughs> I work every night, yes, yes. and all I do is work. My kids are grown up. I have the luxury of being able to spend a lot of time working, and they did not work. And I don't know what they were doing and who they were talking to, but I am adamant that in the end, this game comes down to practice it comes down to watching film. It comes down to not missing a session. And these people do not, did not deserve to be on the playing field. And that's what it was about. It was about being at the, fa- at the practice ahead of the game. And they didn't. They just went to the game, and they disappointed. And it's like the NFL, and they didn't belong in the NFL. They just didn't belong. I, they I, ain't going through the tunnel, love, and they were not jacked. I love how the moment has, has endured. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I great. could come out and say, yeah, I do this. No, I just look at that and I say, they lacked rigor. They hadn't done the work. They didn't deserve to get on the playing field, and yet they were in charge. Uh, you want to do a quick stop trading? I guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cummins is the one to watch. Cummins, uh, Jen Rumsey did a good quarter, maybe not the greatest quarter in the world, uh, for uh, this power generation, somewhat similar to Caterpillar. And if the stock is going to continue to go down like this, then it's going to be a tough day because this is today's Eden and today's Caterpillar. Right. How about tonight? 
Okay, Is that look, Clorox? I, you know, Clorox, again, I like these stories like Procter where they, they have pricing power, even though the raw costs are finally going down. Uh, they had a lot of supply chain problems, so like Linda solved them all. And Josh, Brooklyn's own, I, I happen to think that Etsy's quarter was much better than the stock of Flex. Uh, they always bounce back. Why? Because small business, just like our Harley Finkelstein, small business, you get these companies and DoorDash, and they celebrate and make money for small business people, and they make it so that your site, I buy a lot of stuff off Etsy, including Jim's, Jim's None Better Pickles which is my labels and my none better uh, tomato sauce. And there's no other place to get this stuff other than on, on Etsy. You are a packaged good magnet. I just love CPG. <laughs> I do. I just do. And thank you, Aaron Burnett, for allowing me to do what I did. That yes, day. that was good. We'll see you tonight, Jim. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Still to come this morning, the CEO of Kellogg's on the company's latest oh, order. Oh, good. There's a breakup coming, and it's really interesting. And the state of the consumer. Uh, Market's down. Yield's still very stubborn. 10-year, 419. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.